On today's episode of The Glue Guys, we will discuss the absolute beatdown that happened in Brooklyn to the Milwaukee Bucks. Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuys, NetsDaily.com, The Athletic. Get yourself behind that paywall. Go to TheAthletic.com slash GlueGuys, Brian. You think I am, Mike? Celine Dion? Let me hang out there like that? <laughs> well, I, I I had brought up our YouTube page as you were doing that, and it's a delay, and I was like, what is happening? There's a cacophony Yeah, there's a lot. Brian Egan. There's a lot going on with all this apparatus. Uh, blessed to you, sir. How are you today? How are you tonight? And blessed to you. You know, I think, <laughs> I think people say <laughs> blessed, blessed be. Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm fired up. I'm, uh, in my hot little office, uh, just feeding off the, f- the furnace of Nets basketball that I just watched. Wow. Fantastic. Wow. Michael. Um, we are recording this directly after the Nets Bucks game game two possibly the uh, foretelling game of the series. We are also streaming live on YouTube, uh, something that we're doing with a greater frequency. Jump in yeah. with the YouTube. Yes. Links in the Twitters. Yes. Um, get in that chat. We'll be mining ideas from that chat, but brag guy. Yeah. I mean, we can start with Matt Parker. Um, shout out to friend of the show, Matt Parker. So we really need to work on our dot, 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 um, dot, 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 bench celebrations. Can't find any flaws. Mike, do we need to look for flaws from tonight's game? Is that <laughs> is that part of our civic duty as podcasters, representatives of the coastal media elite? I, I don't want to start with flaws, Brian, I, but if we do, it's I, Mike James. What I'm trying we to talk say. about Mike James later. <laughs> well, really? Wow. I didn't even, I, this was the game where I was like, I finally think I found my... My Mike James love. I, I find oh, is like, that right? Well, I mean, let's really not start this let's show. Not, with let's not. We're gonna bear, we're gonna bear the lead pretty badly there. Um, where do we start, Mike? Help me out. Um, I think we start at, at just so there's like a lot of layers to this, and we're gonna talk about the game. We're gonna talk about who stood out and who didn't play as well. But with the Nets, it was basically everyone played phenomenal. Uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks, it was like everyone sucked. Um, I'm gonna ask you one big question to start, and then we'll we'll dive into the game. Great. How much does a blowout matter in a seven-game series? How much does this impact this, the the psychology of another team, the uh, the mental makeup of them, the fact that the Milwaukee Bucks just got blown out, and they got blown out to such a degree that that what we had like the Nassus Antetokounmpo in at the nine-minute mark of yeah. the first fourth fourth quarter, so. How big of a deal is is a blowout? The Grim Reaper for any Bucks game is is <laughs> when Nassus comes out. Um, I don't typically go too deep on um, like psychological memes about blowouts, you know, especially teams of this kind of caliber. Um, but I will say that I think that the Bucks have a very real problem in a systemic way. I was tweeting in Game One, Mike. You may have saw. I never do that, but I had to 
like you know, I was and I was at a party and was like a little bit toasty and started, I was like, you know, I'm feeling for the first time. I'm feeling confident about <laughs> a three sentence long, just just a very unironic thought kind of tweet. You know the type. Um, yeah, typically it's great to get on Twitter when you're drunk. Yeah, that is it's, it's, usually the best way to start. It's pretty much the only time I do. Um, and anyways, what I was what I was saying, and as I stand by my drunken thoughts, then as as despite what was happening after Harden went out, um, I think that in the series, which we didn't talk about game one, maybe we can a little bit, but in the series, there's some very significant systemic problems here that the Bucks are going to really have a hard time with, and it was pretty obvious game one and how it's been exposed that that wound's been pried open it's wide agape it's it's a big problem um so so uh, we can get into all that but i mean like for in terms of like psychological things like yeah. i don't know maybe but to make matters worse there's a real you know there's some basketball problems here that they got in their hands well i think it's it's an incredibly big deal specifically <laughs> because of who the nets opponent is mm. because the nets opponent is the milwaukee bucks the team that has been over the past three years has been the best regular season team over the past three years and has flamed out, flamed out, not like Haley's comment, like Joseph's comment, the famous, famous comment that flamed out early. Joseph's not Haley. Is that true? Is that Haley Joel Osment's comment? Um, <laughs> no, I mean, this this team. So they obviously lose in dramatic fashion the, the Miami Heat last year. And they go into that Miami Heat series. They they sweep the Heat. So it seems like they got over this psychological hurdle. Um, and even Giannis had a comment during the series where he said, uh, we didn't want to play with our food. Uh, and that's why they, they swept the Heat. So maybe they were coming in with a different mentality. I think that was the fear for Nets fans. And then they get smashed yeah they're like in this series we wanted to smear the food all over our faces we wanted to (laughs) we wanted to ruin the food and play with it to the point where it ruined everything yeah like a two-year-old eating birthday cake that's what they're doing (laughs) yeah just there's no there's no pattern yeah just throwing in the air yeah i mean it's a it is a big deal i mean one obviously a blowout indicates that that one team on one particular night was just vastly superior and you know i am a point differential uh, acolyte. I'm a, I, I pray oh. to the point differ- differential gods. And I believe that how much or how little points you give up in terms of relation of your opponent over the course of a season indicates how good of a team you are. Oh, And the, the Bucks actually, I think, had the best one in the Eastern Conference. Uh, if you put up, what was it, a 39-point victory tonight, Bri? Uh, I, lo- I lost count. I can't count that yeah, high. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's indicative of the Nets are not only are they shooting the ball extremely well, which they are. The Bucks shot, I think, better throughout when their starters were in uh, this game than they did in Game One. So, like, sort of the fear of of progression didn't happen. This is huge. Giannis is Giannis at the free throw line is now a massive factor in the series. He's got the full blown yips here at, at at this point, which you you I love mean, and hate to see. You feel for the guy because no, you don't love to see I don't. the you don't. You're no. you're a sick He's puppy. He's an opponent. Yeah. You're not supposed to you're not supposed to care for them. I mean, they, they say, the, the the problem with the yips is that it's about like, you know, it's like performance anxiety. You know, I was just I don't know. I'm I'm sympathetic. <laughs> You're sympathetic to performance anxiety. Damn it, Mike. This show brought to you by Roman. (laughs) Come on. You're not always perfect, but if you want to be perfect in the bedroom, go to Roman. Roman.com slash glue guys. Get yourself set up. Is that actually a read? Is that a read for this? That is a read. That is a read that I do. Wow. And I support, you know, hey, get 
Get yourself right. If you can get yourself right, get yourself right. Um, Giannis even did the thing where I think it was in the third quarter when he when he had two free throws. He missed the first one and he walked all the way to the hoop and sort of like grabbed the rim just to like get a feel for the rim again, just to like understand like I'm supposed to. The ball is supposed to go into you. He was grabbing it and then went back to the free throw line. I actually think he hit the free throw. Um, I mean, this is you can extrapolate as much as you want, right? You can say it doesn't mean as much. It was just a blowout. The Nets had an amazing game. Watching it, though, you talked about systemic. Mm. Watching it, there was this seven-minute stretch in the second quarter when Brooke Lopez was on the floor that the Nets with Bruce Brown, Brooke was guarding Bruce Brown. The Nets were just screening with Bruce Brown. He was screening for Kyrie, KD, and Joe Harris. And uh, everyone knows this, but the way Brooke plays defense is he doesn't hug up on a screen. He doesn't blitz a screen. Drops. He drops towards the basket, which leaves a gaping hole if KD, Kyrie, or Joe Harris gets around the screen and they shoot an open three and they make it. I mean... And it's the type of thing where, like, that's how the Bucks defense is built. And the Nets were exploiting that defense. Yeah. They weren't going to the hole. They were just shooting open jumpers. And the Nets are so damn talented that if the Bucks don't change, and this is really the biggest thing, the Bucks need to make a massive change to fix this series. They can't just, in, in Budenholzer's, the, the Bucks just can't keep doing the same exact crap that they've been doing if they want to win the series. If they just keep letting Brooke drop back, if they keep having Giannis dribble the ball at the top of the key and then try to charge his way to the hoop and have no flow of offense, mm-hmm. this is this is done. I, done. I'll say that like you know on the other, I'll take the other side of the ball of this of this forty point blowout or whatever because you know this is happening on both sides. I think the real like systemic thing here too is that the Nets actually can just straight up d this team pretty. Pretty succinctly, shocking. yeah. Kind of shocking for me, but yeah. <laughs> the uh, I'll even go down on the line like Kyrie on Drew Holiday; those minutes are working. Like Blake slash KD Drew on Holiday hasn't done anything. He's done nothing. This is he had one bank shot, you know, out of his butt, and that was it. That was that was all he did all night. Um, the KD and Blake Griffin minutes obviously are working very nicely on Giannis at the moment, as we predicted, Mike. Um, it's here's a here's the thing about the the Yana situation, and to your point, like that this is something that needs to just like something needs to change for them. Is that like in an offense that is built upon a guy with those specific kind of flaws in his game, um, like you can plan for it. Basically, they they're just sagging off, and even Marv Albert at one point in this game had like a pretty brutal call out, which is like who's responsible for for Giannis's decision-making here, is it that he's such a big star that the coaches can't tell him that that shot is bad? It's not, it's a low percentage, ineffective, bad shot. And it's ruining their offense. Like Marv was seriously going, I mean, he's, you know, I was saying he's in the Twitch, in the Twitch stream, shout out to the Twitch fellows. Um, you know, he's just burning bridges. Marv's like, I'm retiring him out. I'm just going to dump, you know, <laughs> bud, you're going under the bus. Who cares? You know, <laughs> I don't care anymore. Uh, but yeah, it was one of the more fiery tigs I've ever heard from Marv Albert. He's usually, uh, a toe the line kind of guy, and even from and like there again analysis, analysis, analysis. That's what we do here. That's what we're paid to do. Right. Analyze the game to a granular level and extrapolate it out even further than that. But what a joy it was to watch this game. That there were multiple moments throughout the game where it was like 
this is a celebration. It's only up 2-0. And like, yeah, we can be the whole, like, let's keep it in perspective. We can do that podcast if we want. Let's enjoy the game. Brooke Lopez, not Brooke Lopez, Blake Griffin dunked on Giannis in a, the most delicious fashion during the game. Uh, the memes are are active and alive. Yeah. Blake, Detroit Blake versus Brooklyn Blake is a massive. It's it's Magikarp v. Gyarados. It's just a different. It's just it's just yeah. a different beast. Yeah. Um. I, and he he's been phenomenal. This is like a a rushing nesting doll of Trojan horses. Like he was <laughs> he, he was Trojan horse of like being ineffective to like fairly effective on the nets and now we like trojan horse him into the playoffs as like our th- our third best player mate or like fourth he's best like player. Rodman. yeah he's yeah, like yeah. dennis rodman yeah. circa it's, 1997 yeah you know yeah i don't the, know is that the sp- best rodman spurs years you want to get a catch him in the spurs oh, years? <laughs> yeah that's the best that's optimal um, yeah and and there, so one of the key moments to me in the game it was end of the third quarter um let me make sure it was actually the end of the third quarter before I actually before I say that because I think it was. Yeah, end of the third quarter, clock's ticking down. Kevin Durant has the ball. Okay, and it was like 27 seconds left, so he knew he's like, I'm essentially taking the last shot of the quarter. Giannis D's him up. Giannis steps up to say, I'm gonna take KD on this final possession of the third quarter. The game is probably like a 20 point something game at that point. KD goes between his legs three times. Drives past Giannis, goes past all the rest of the Bucks defenders, and like slips in a beautiful little layup. And then the Bucks throw up a terrible shot, and you know the horn sounds and all that stuff. And it was it, KD recognized in that moment. I have the other team's best player on me right now. I can do something to make him feel bad about himself, and I'm gonna do it. Like he he didn't pass the ball. He took that moment mm. and. I mean, I really do think the Nets players know that if they get inside Giannis's head, and I'm not saying that's necessarily happened, I just think that's kind of who Giannis is. But if they get inside his head and make him doubt himself, this is this is done. Because yeah. the rest of the, Chris Middleton, more like Chris Littleton, Drew Holiday, more like Drew work every day, not not go on a holiday. Yeah, yeah. you know, no fun there. Um, um, who else is on the squad? I, Bryn Forbes. I did this joke did on Twitter. This, this. Bryn, uh, Bryn Bloomberg Business Week. Yeah. Um, no. Bobby Portis. More like. There's nothing you can do with that. There's something there. We'll fit, we'll workshop that one. Um, I 100% agree. And I'll even so. This is my more like meme take. This is sort of more on the Skip Bayless spectrum. If if you'll allow me that. Um, I always compared you to Skip. Yep. It's not. It's it's apt. Um, one of the things that I I quite liked. Or, or just like a thing to note is that Katie and Kyrie are gamers. They're gamer bros all the way. Like, like the there's moments in which Giannis looked disconnected and like he had he wanted to take you know contested threes and Drew Holiday and, and Chris Middleditch were doing their own thing and uh, but nobody was like living like KD was like ragdolling that entire game like everywhere you look he's just like <laughs> flailing and eating massive shit and like you just I mean you, it pains you to watch because he's you know he's our special boy and we, we don't want that to happen to him but you know at the same time you love to see it that he's like you know kind of living and dying out there that's he's 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 living his best life ultimately you know yeah, and, and it was like, so this is a classic game. Going into this game, the Nets were the favorite, and then it switched to the Bucks. The betting line switched. Bet MGM if you want to bet. We have a deal with The Athletic. It's a great thing. Just jump in. There's there's probably some 
offer code. Actually, they can get like a free three or six month subscription at betmgm.com. You can bet in New Jersey on BetMGM. This is an organic ad. This is what that, that is. But I love those. The Bucks, <laughs> yeah, two the Bucks them, were two the favorite going into game two. And this is like the classic. The Nets beat the Bucks in game one. The Bucks didn't shoot well in game one. They're going to shoot better in game two. You're not going to get 18 points or whatever it was from Mike James that he scored in game one. So all those like little things be like, oh, the Bucks are definitely going to win game two. And, of course, the Nets don't have Harden. And so this was a crucially important game. The Nets protected home floor, right? So they, they did what they were supposed to do. They were the better team all year from a record position, but only by a game. Uh, they protected home floor. But this was a game that was very a dangerous game for the Nets. And, Kev, as you said, Durant and Irving are gamers. And they came out and, like, Kyrie had this stretch in the, I think it was, like, at the beginning of the fourth where he had, like, back-to-back threes and both of them were just heat-check threes. And it was kind of that moment. Like, I think it was basically the nail in the coffin for the Bucks, And what a terrible coffin that would be. Mm. You know, yeah. like it's a like the wood you get from IKEA, like that that board wood that like it's not mm. even what is just it? like particle what particle board. Yeah, Sw- Swedish lies. That's what I call that. <laughs> Swedish lies. <laughs> yeah. Great Eagles album. <laughs> Swedish lies. <laughs> Tell you what, I love yeah. that. It was the acoustic. Is, yeah, it was real to the heart and to the bone <laughs> and to the core. Um, if the if the Nets players were Eagle songs, go who who's Hotel California's get- Kyrie, obviously. Uh, man, Lion I, eyes. Do I KB. have any? Any? That's all I have. I think those. You stole the only ones I know. Uh, Silverado or what's Desperado? That's James Harden. Yeah. That's it. That's what we got. Um, Brian, give me your favorite player from the game. Um, I, it's really hard to argue that Blake Griffin hasn't like his <laughs> resurgence in. I mean, it's a combination game one and game two. I mean, obviously. You know, KD and, and Kyrie and everyone has been excellent. But just to see, I mean, I I doubled over in ecstasy, maybe, for when he dunked on, on Giannis. I mean, I don't want to get graphic here, but it, it was a graphic situation. Um, I mean, it was so cathartic. It was a real, it was just such a locked, like a lock and load dumping of, yeah. of a special kind. Um, and this team, you know, like we haven't had like good dunkers on this team in a while. So, um, you know, just having him turn that uh, turn that storybook back open and and be that player again has just been a, a true joy in this series. Um, so, like, I mean, it's a it's a meme take, but I, I, I mean, hard not to say Blake Griffin at this point. Yeah, I mean, in, in it, game one, he was better. I guess overall, he was more impactful. But his moments in game two were so uh, extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, the dunk is just, it's just so ridiculous. He didn't dunk in Detroit. He ended up, he's one of the greatest dunkers in NBA history. He declined to not being a dunker in Detroit and then comes to Brooklyn and is just raining hellfire on top of people's skulls at a constant rate. Um, Bruce Brown for me, I mean, I'm not saying he's my favorite player, but if we're going like, you know, what's your favorite Steven Soderbergh movie? Um, <laughs> Bruce Brown is like a Steven Soderbergh movie, you know, like yeah. underappreciated. Sure. You know? Sure. Um, I love what he's doing on the floor. One, I love again, We talked about the screening when he's on offense, he screens because Brooke is on him. That was like not in the box score impactful, right? Because that Nash had a plan coming out. He's like, we're going to put Bruce Brown in the game. 
We know they're going to put Brooke on him. And if they put Brooke on Bruce, Bruce Brown is like sneakily one of the best screening guards in the NBA. Mm-hmm. We'll screen with Bruce. We'll get Joe and Katie and Kyrie open. And also, he attacked, he, he's done this all year. He attacks the places on the floor that a lot of guys don't want to go to, that the stars certainly aren't like really attacking. He just fits in in a really, his heat map is very, it's like, it's not quite a hurricane. It's like those summer thunderstorms. Mm. They're spotty. You mm. don't really know where they're going to hit. Yeah. It could be raining here in Montclair, yeah. or it could it could not be raining in the summit. You know, New Jersey for you. Is that a New Jersey geography? <laughs> I, I thought you were in Montclair. It rolled off your tongue so easily. <laughs> wow. Um, let's do this. Like, quick break. Okay. Coming back. There's going to be so much. We have so much more to discuss. What a, what a game. Quite a game. What a game. Mm. And we're back. You know, I really got to say, people got to get into the YouTube. And if you if you can't, if you can't figure out how to get into it, one search glue guys on the YouTube, and our episodes will pop up. Um, also, by saying the YouTube is maybe not uh, the best way to say it, uh, because when Brian and I do our break, it's a real it's a real joy. You'll actually get to see mm-hmm. how the yeah how the sausage how, is made, how the pork roll is yeah. made. <laughs> yeah, wow. wow. Are you in New Jersey? This is just I'm in yeah. New Jersey. I'm in a pork roll factory. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in uh, what's Taylor Ham. You're the I'm Taylor, Taylor Ham right yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> nice. I, I, there's no, noise canceling <laughs> yeah. on Zoom is great. There's just meat there's grinding. Just meat, yeah. Um. So we we talked about like does the blowout matter, right? Um. And I'm not I'm not quite like at the level of like what's your game three prediction, but is is what the Nets are doing sustainable? Do you think what you've seen so far? You think like. Do you feel like the Nets have figured out, like even if the series turns into a six-game series and it's tough or seven-game series even, it feels sustainable what the Nets are doing? Well, if uh, totally. And if the Bucs uh, don't adapt like pretty significantly, and I, I don't know what exactly that looks like. I think for me, it looks like stop giving Giannis the ball at the top of the key like you've been doing over and over and over again to not great effect. Like let The Drew, thing is they don't have any they don't have anyone else. Is Drew Holiday not Drew, capable of running that offense? Like he's and, not yeah. That's always been the thing about Drew Holiday. And I I love Drew Holiday dearly. Okay. But he's not he's a point guard, but he's like he's not there there he's never been a guy who's just like running the offense, mm-hmm. right? So it, that I will give Budenholzer this out, where it's like, where else do you go yeah. at this point? You know, I can't believe it that that Drew Holiday They're has screwed. that has that limitation because really it's a problem um, because Giannis has tunnel vision on doing two not great things, which is his his drive is not getting past Blake and KD with enough efficiency. It's just not. They're getting he's getting stuffed into. No man's land, and then taking contested mid rangers, which is exactly what everybody in in the deep analytics space would say is is the best possible outcome, especially of a player of that caliber. Um, so, you know, that's what needs to change. Like he needs to be more of a slasher, in my opinion, if he can possibly manage it. Where that you know engineering comes from from a from a, a leadership position leading that offense, I, I don't know. Uh, I guess it's not your audience. I guess it's nobody. I guess give it to Brooke Lopez. I don't know who, but um, <laughs> it's a problem. So like, yo, I don't know. I mean, my thing is if I'm if I'm boot and if I'm Budenholzer, I I almost have to take Brooke out of the series almost completely. Yeah, I think they're gonna watch the. I mean, I'm sure he saw it in the moment. They're gonna watch the film and realized Brooke like the the gaping hole because of the way they they use Brooke on on offense. 
or on defense. It was just being exploited. It was like a a, a tax loophole that mm. a, a Trump organization was just exploiting so that they got money from the government and they didn't have to pay taxes on anything. You know, it was that gaping. Um <laughs> And that and that's why, like, to link back to the original question, how big of a deal was the blowout? It's a it, the Nets played amazing, and the Bucks stunk, but it's the systemic thing that you talked about. Yeah, and and, and it's a key word because the Bucks play a system; mm-hmm. they play a defined system. They had more creativity in their system this season. They had more sort of lineup creativity than usual. But Boonholzer plays a system. Yeah. And particularly with Giannis, which, like, he's he's a two-time MVP and he's amazing and all that stuff. But he, the way he has to play, he only can play a certain number of ways for him to be effective. And if you play a system and, and that system is completely running up against a buzzsaw that is the Brooklyn Nets... Kind of screwed. I don't know. I are we just high off our own supply right now, bro? Yeah, I'm trying Is it to the game two buzz. I'm trying to to make sure that I have the right takes here, despite being com- completely off my rocker on on nets what a game nets inhalants. <laughs> um, but. It's hard for me to like not say like this is like all of what was happening in game one that was going poorly was just exacerbated in game two to like really nasty effect. And so if game three, there isn't some like radical change of which you and I can't come up with uh, that gets like way off their standard operating procedure, which is usually not a great place to have to be to win a series. um, It's not it's not going to be good. Um, And then like. You know, so I'll say this, like with the psychological memes that we were sort of getting at, I'll say that the like Giannis at the free throw line is the one that I, I am a believer in. And so like that's that's kind of an option for us, too, is like a hacky Giannis like meme is in there, too. If, if for some reason, you know, this gets actually dicey in game three or whatever, like now we can extort that psychological weakness that you know i don't want to but mike maybe yeah. you would maybe that's something you would want to do and not to say that that's like a you know an emergency lever that like solves all of our problems but like we've got we've got pretty obvious easy options uh in a pinch that they don't maybe have the same kind of deal on their side mike yeah and and that's the the sort of thing where like nash has more options to go to if he needs to where bolden hoser is just in a state of desperation again the Bucks. it's not only that, so Seth Partnow from The Athletic, who used to be the director of analytics for the Milwaukee Bucks. So I think he knows what he's talking about when it comes to the Milwaukee Bucks. He wrote a really good piece on The Athletic. And if you want to read it, go to theathletic.com slash glue guys. Get yourself behind that paywall. Um, it was about sort of like, it was just game one. It was the effective field goal percentage and what actually happened, basically. And the Bucks weren't that far off from their effective field goal percentage. And the thing that the Nets were doing was that they, the Nets were forcing more sort of just pull-up shots, self-made shots, non-assisted shots. The Nets forced the Bucks to do that, which is essentially saying the Nets forced the Bucks to be much more one-on-one than they had been during the season. And so in game one, everyone was like, oh, they missed a bunch of threes. Oh, my Lord. They're going to shoot better from from three in game two. Well, they actually weren't taking that bad of threes and whatever. Game two, they 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 still weren't good. I mean, they scored 86 
86 points. Mm. Um, and again, I, I, I don't want to feel too like how, how do we handle this, Bry? Do we feel is it too is there too much confidence running through us right now? Is that our weakness? Too much? Are we are we Achilles? Maybe. And I kind of want to go back now and watch some like of the Heat Bucks series to see like what exactly was so different here because these are not like like our defensive strategies aren't super complicated. Like <laughs> there's not like a. We're not working some like secret magic here. Like Bam Adebayo could or should have been able to do of exactly what Blake Griffin has done in the series. So like, yeah, that's where I'm like, what is is this? Just like a wildly bad shooting situation that they're in. I mean, but it doesn't feel that way. It feels like this is all very purposeful. Well, the and I don't know like the fast break stats for the Bucks. Usually, like I don't know if they're like at a an elite fast break team. But what is happening is because the Nets are shooting so good from the field. That it's just every possession is not a fast break for the Bucks. It's their they have, they take the ball out, they dribble down the court, and then when the defense is set against Giannis, they you know you have the wall up. Everyone knows what's happening. There's Giannis again. He's he's very quick, but it takes him like three seconds to decide. Oh, I'm going to go to the hole right yeah. now. Yeah. Um. So because the Nets are shooting so well, and because the Bucks defense is playing so out of character in terms of, you know, they used to be really good and now they suck. Uh, it's just like eliminating 15 points that the Bucks would normally have off a of fast break. Again, I'm not looking at the numbers, but they, there was never a moment. There was one moment where, like, Nets miss a shot, Bucks go down fast break, Middleton steps in for a three and hits it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's what the Bucks are about. That's what they should be doing. Let's just don't give them opportunities to do it. They're playing defense through their offense, Brian. Mm. That's what they're doing. Mm. Um, do you want to talk about James? Or that it's better without Harden? Yeah, I was just gonna say. No. Just gonna, <laughs> I knew it. I saw. I could hear it clicking into place in the in the artillery. Did you see the video that Sarah Kustak tweeted out that I retweeted from our account? No. Okay, Sarah Kustak tweeted. She was there in the building, and she tweeted out a video. Of like Nets, Nets players celebrating, and James Harden like comes off the bench and is like up, standing around, walking onto the floor, like stomping and giving KD high fives. You know me, I, I'm nothing. Uh, you know, I'm gonna analyze a far away Twitter video. Yeah. Oh yeah. And diagnose an injury. Oh yes. Um, do we want to do Twitter Doctor right now? Twitter Doctor segment. And is there any way to stop you? Is the question. Um, so the Nets came out and said that Harden had a hamstring tightness, not even a strain, just tightness. Mm-hmm. And that's been described as that, like, technically it could be a strain. It probably is. I mean, if we want to trace it all the way back, and this is concerning, Harden's original hamstring injury this season was described as tightness. He missed four games, I believe it was. Then he played four minutes, mm. and then he they pulled him. <clears throat> And then he missed a month mm. of basketball because of tightness. So, like, tightness sounds better than strain or pulling or ripping. God forbid a rip. Um, Don't even say that word. I won't even rip yeah. it. But it's – he looked good in that Twitter video from Sarah Kustak. Uh, and, um, so you're calling him a faker. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. I think the other, the other thing to say, the amazing benefit – of winning two games to start the series 2-0 is it does give the Nets a little bit more breathing room to be like Jeff Green, rest the plantar fascia, uh, 
James, don't feel the urgency to come back. Like, yeah. let's keep. Hopefully, the Nets have two more rounds to go. Um, like, <laughs> even if they lose Game Three, like James, you can play basketball later. Yeah. Um, people, people are memeing about you in the in the YouTube chat about uh, your five part Achilles uh, series uh, that never came out, um, and, <laughs> and whether you're going to do one about James Harden and his hamstring. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's, they're all going to be together. Yeah. It's going to be a 10 part series. <laughs> it's going to be on HBO max. I'm excited. I can announce that now. Well, um, the ink is chat. The fire off some dry. questions, by the way. Yeah. We, we, we appreciate questions and thoughts. We'd love it all. Um, well, Mike, do you want to do this? Do you want to like end the podcast and then go to the stream? Cause we've done like a, like a, a, a preview pod or do you want to, how do you want to do that? Yeah, let's, let's, we'll end the pod, but I, uh, one last point before we okay. end the pod. Okay. Is is I do want to give like a special shout out to Kyrie Irving. I know he's listening. Okay, because there there was high emotions going into the Celtics series, and that you know he didn't play all that well in Game Three, and he played much better in Game Four. But there was this like idea floating around that like Kyrie psychologically isn't ready for the big moment. And what I would like to remind people is that he had one of the greatest shots in NBA history mm. against the Golden State Warriors that brought the Cleveland Cavaliers a championship, a shot that he took while being on the same team as LeBron James. This series, James Harden gets knocked out of game one, and the Nets win. Game two, as you described, Kyrie was Kyrie was amazing. Like, Kyrie was a killer. Uh, he, he hit those big shots that he needed to hit. He took far out threes and had his spectacular drives of the hoop. Um, you know, like at times when there's the big three idea, obviously Harden, when he's on the floor, he's controlling the bar ball. It's so obvious that the eye is drawn mm. to James Harden at all times. Kevin Durant, when he has a ball, you're, you're seeing things you've never seen before in terms of length and skill and shot making ability. Yeah. Now Kyrie is like the most spectacular ball handler Easily in the NBA right now and top four all time. Top top four. Top three and a half. Top four. Okay. Okay. Top four, I think. I'm ready to hear um, the other three someday, but we'll, you know. Donald later. Sloan. <laughs> right. No, wait. <laughs> no, Isaiah Whitehead. Uh, the spin. Yeah. yeah. Isaiah. Oh, that, <laughs> so the that was a devastating move. Shout the, out to the Brooklyn Twitch. Cyclone. Yeah. Come on. Um, But. But like it almost still feels like like we didn't recognize that Kyrie had a thirty five and five season. I'm pretty mm. sure it was basically what it was. Um, he was he was incredible tonight as as well as Kevin Durant. But like it, it was Kyrie has to step up on and be consistent and be threatening the entire game as he was because James Harden was out. Um, and he's he delivered while. Um, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday didn't. And I think when we're talking from a team building thing, and this is going to shift to Sean Marks here, earlier in the season when the Nets had Kyrie and KD, and we also we there was Karras and Jared Allen and Torian Prince. Oh, my God. Thank God mm. Torian Prince isn't on this team in the playoffs. Mm. Um, it was the idea. was like, do they really want to trade for Harden? There's only one ball. Oh my. But – the reason why you trade for James Harden and Zach Lowe has talked about this many times is that it gives you insurance. If one of your stars is hurt and James Harden is hurt right now, he is the insurance and he's hurt. 
Mm-hmm. It's like flood insurance when you need it. It's, yeah. ne- it's never good. Right. Um, right. It's actually more like pet insurance. Pet insurance doesn't do anything for you. It doesn't cover anything besides like some flea and tick gel. Uh-huh. But anyways, um, <laughs> James Harden's not here. Yeah. But they st- the Nets still have two guys on the floor who over anyone on the Bucks, b- both Kyrie and KD can get a shot at any point where no one on the Bucks can do that. And so they, that's the special quality that this Nets team has. And, uh, yeah, the Nets aren't going to lose a game for the rest of the playoffs. So well, that's it. Middle of the road take. Medium, medium space. Um, <laughs> no, this game three is going to be – it's a big one here for Milwaukee. I'm not going to freak out if that's the – I mean, you know, that was the game. That was the meme game in Boston. So I, I've learned my lesson here. I'm not going to lose it. It's going to be stone cold all the way down. And, you know, if they do figure out a way to win, I'll completely second guess everything I know about basketball because it seems insane right now, based on what I've seen, that they could win that game. But if they do, I'm going to try to keep it even keel. Like, isn't it? And, and, and so isn't it just to get, get a win in Milwaukee? Get one win. Yeah. Just get one. Yeah. Figure that out. That's all you have to do as the Nets. Um, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, like, thanks for having me. It was a fun. It was a fun pod. Go on Apple Podcast. Five stars we need and we want to have them. Uh, Netsilly.com, The Athletic. Get yourself by that paywall, TheAthletic.com. Slash glue, guys. Uh, Spotify. It's a company. company. Discord. Company. Discord. Uh, link Discord. to the Discord is in the Twitter bio. Come hang out. That's where, that's, that's our, you know, that's the real... That's where we hang. We hang there all day. We talk about God knows, you know, whatever, whatever. Anyways, Mike, get us out of here. We can talk about Eyes Wide Shut in we the do. Discord. We, I just watched. Sure. We, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I did not sleep well. Um, anyways, thank you so much for listening, Brian. Yeah, thanks for having me.